The following program was pre-recorded and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Welcome to Him for Her Radio. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him Prison Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Shug Burry. If you say what you want to say. that you have decided to tune in to Him For Her Radio. My name is Shugbury. I am the host, and I am so excited about what God has in store for us today. Um, you can find us on himprisonministries.org online. I encourage you to go there to submit your ideas, submit your victories, submit your struggles, and let's just make this program yours. Um, I know a lot of you in the past have listened um, not only live to our show, but then also on through podcast. Uh, you can do that on our website. Just click listen now or go to AM 980, The Mission. And um, you have said, Shug, I want to hear a little bit more about prison and what God is doing inside of prisons. And I really can't wait for this program that we have here today. I have ministered in prisons for over 16 years, men and women's prisons, not only in Africa, but as well throughout the United States here. And I am so honored to have our two guests with us today. John, are you excited about this? I'm pumped, Shug. Looking forward to it. I am too. And you'll get this. Both of them have this accent that I'm just dying to have. Uh, My first guest I would like to introduce is Andy Corley. Andy, say hello. Hi there. Good morning. And where, where are you calling from? I'm calling from the UK, so it's actually the afternoon here. <laughs> and he is the president and CEO of Prison Fellowship International. Now, there's Prison Fellowship Ministries, which my organization has partnered with. Um, I go around with them and speak as well inside of prisons as their keynote speaker. It's a fabulous organization, heavily recommended. And Prison Fellowship International covers the whole entire globe. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. And I also have Blair Carlson with me. Blair Carlson is the founder and executive director of Good Word Partnership. You can find that at goodwordpartnership.org. And I am blessed to have him here with us. Thank you for being here, Blair. Thank you, Shug, for the opportunity to sit with you. It's great. Yeah, I'm glad that you're here on this chilly day in Minnesota. Very much so. You know, uh, as you can tell, listeners, both of them have this great accent. We're going to start to hear a little bit about them. Um, Would you do me a favor, uh, Blair, and share a little bit about your past and then also how you met Andy. Well, I grew up in Hong Kong. My father taught at a seminary, and uh, so that's uh, where, where I started life. I came to the States for university and then uh, worked with Billy Graham for 26 years, and uh, I met Andy in Sheffield, England in 1985. was there working with the local church leaders and organizing a Billy Graham mission. Wow. And Andy invited me to go out and play uh, squash, and he thrashed me and also invited me home for dinner with uh, his family. So he beats you on the courts, and then he invites you home for dinner. That's it. I yep. love he it. He was looking after me. Andy, is that the same way you remember it? It is, absolutely. Blair tried to uh, teach me how to be a good spiritual boy, and I just played him at sport. Yeah. And uh, that's the way we got to be friends. <laughs> Were you both on the same page in your faith at the time? Very um, much so. I, I would say that Blair was... Uh, 
he was a, a more mature Christian than I was by by a long chalk. Uh, I had come to know the Lord when I was working on a summer camp in the United States when I was 18, and Blair met me when I was a tender age of 21 or 22. And uh, so it was just great to meet somebody who was um, doing such an important thing in my home city and also was just a great guy as well. I love it. Thank you very much. Um, Blair, would you share with us a little bit about what does Good Word Partnership do? We take the uh, work of the evangelist. It talks about it a lot in the Bible. And uh, we work with them in uh, just encouraging them in the role and the calling that God has given them. But we also work with local churches and helping them plan and organize evangelistic outreaches. And so the bottom line is proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ to people who don't know yet know him. You know, and that's where my heart beats. I don't know why God created me in such an odd way, but I can't wait to share the gospel with people. I'm one of those weird people on an airplane that prays over the chair next to me or the seat next to me that I have an opportunity to share the love of Christ. Blair, I have been on uh, your website. It is amazing. Again, it is Good Word partnership.org. And you have laid out for us evangelists an opportunity to really share the good news. Could you tell us a little bit about the two hands that you have on there? It's a partnership between the spiritual and the practical. So when we think of spiritual, there's the uh, priority of prayer. There's the priority of sharing the gospel, mobilizing the local church to share their faith, and then the follow-up of new believers. But there are also practical aspects of organizing uh, places and uh, the uh, the venues and the sound systems and the advertising, things like that. So it's the two hands coming together to organize a time when we can proclaim the gospel, we can prov- uh, invite people to respond to him, and then uh, help them to follow up uh, to become disciples of Jesus. And as I'm reading this, I'm reading this from the perspective of this is no small task. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you used to do with Billy Graham and how far ahead you had to go in? My work with Billy Graham was to... Uh, he would get an invitation from a country overseas or a city, and I would then go and help the local churches organize the event. So uh, in London, for example, uh, we worked with some 5,000 churches across the, the city, uh, but we were there for two years because it takes a lot of time to uh, get all the churches uh, lined up, uh, moving the same direction, have the same understanding of reaching out and really mobilizing the believers, and then to prepare for the follow-up of, of uh, all those that respond. So that's why it takes time. And on your website, they do outline what it takes, how to pray, how to be prepared. Really, if you're an evangelist of any kind or if you're planning any evangelistic outreaches, I really encourage you not only to support Good Word Partnership, but as well, go online, go to their website and uh, discover all of the wealth of information that they have there. Thank you, Blair, very much for all your hard work. Pleasure. Andy, over to you in England. I just am so thankful that you're with us. (laughs) Thank you very much. It's great to be on the show. Now, just for our listeners, I want to encourage them and let them know that sometimes you don't end up in the ministry you would think you were going to be, because you were for over 30 years in the corporate world. Is that correct? That's right. And then since uh, April 2018, where do we find you today? Well, um, I I was on the board of Prison Fellowship International uh, since 2011 and just loved the work that we were involved in. Um, At the time, I was CEO of a a small company in Derby that um, 
here in the UK that had been moderately successful in what we were doing, and I got the opportunity to sell my shares in that in that business, and it just, um, in the grace of God, coincided that PFI were uh, in need of a, a new CEO, so the board asked, invited me to be considered for that post, and the rest is history. Well, what an honor. What an honor. It's a fine, fine organization. Where can people donate and where can they go to find out more information? Uh, well, our website is www.pfi.org. Um, that also takes you very quickly to how you can uh, donate to PFI, how you can pray for the different ministries that are occurring all around the world. Uh, it gives you the opportunity, for instance, to sponsor a child of a a prisoner in the eight countries that we're currently operating in. Um, really, what, what PFI is most interested in is to tell the stories of what God is doing in the prisons of the world. For us, it's, of course, money is uh, an important aspect of running a ministry, but for us, it's definitely not the most important thing. The most important thing that we value is the relationships that we're able to establish and also the work that God has called us to do. Amen. You know, listeners, if you could go into prison with me, I wish you could. I've been, um, you know, throughout Rwanda and Kenya and Africa, as well as here in the United States, and to watch the gospel of Jesus Christ be given. You know, honestly, we just show up, and God does all the work. And you, and you share the love of Christ. You're sharing it to some of the hardest hard person you've ever met before. And you just watch how the gospel melts their soul. And they surrender and they repent and they receive Jesus Christ. And really, we're all here because we want to share the gospel, bring the good news. But also, we need to remember that we need to mentor these people inside and outside of prison. Andy, I know that you guys are doing an abundance of work, um, especially with children. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Of course. Um, you know, we, we, we're motivated by the fact that we believe that our mission is one that's very close to the heart of God. And uh, it says in Psalm 68, verse 6, that God settles the solitary in families. He leads the prisoners out to prosperity. Um, and so one of the things that we've decided to do as a, an expression of that is to intervene in the lives of children who... When they have a parent who is incarcerated, they are very much more likely to end up inside prison themselves and multiple times more likely to be trafficked. They're a very vulnerable population. Um, they're also a population that by uh, their, their very nature is, is hidden. And so we want to enable these children to not have to be the innocent victims of um, what their parents have, uh, are, are inside serving sentences for, and, and that's the reason that we, that we did it. We see it very much as a grace ministry to a population that is, is, uh, can be invisible uh, and also it doesn't deserve to suffer for uh, something that they didn't do. Exactly. You know, I found as well that in a lot of other countries, a lot of people are innocent. You know, you can just be in the crowd where a crime had happened and they scoop up the whole crowd and throw you into prison. Uh, oftentimes they can be in a remand prison for up to 10 years before they even right. get a judgment or a sentence or released. And so with that, what happens to their kids? And I just that just makes my heart beat stronger thinking about we need to do everything we can do to help these children. Now, it's a very generational curse that we're finding 
also in the United States. It's not just necessarily international, uh, where it's very common to have uh, a mother who's a drug dealer, and then the, uh, the people coming and buying drugs will then rape their children, and those children turn to drugs themselves. And it's very repetitive and generational, and it needs to stop. So let me challenge my listeners. What are we doing to step forward and help where God has called us. He said to visit prisoners in prison as if you were there yourself. And so I'm encouraging not only you don't have to go in, but you can support these wonderful ministries. Uh, Prison Fellowship International, PFI, you can go to their website and donate, as well as Good Word Partnership, who is saturating areas and countries with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're all working together hand in hand. So I am just blessed. Again, if you're listening for the first time, uh, you're just tuning in. I have Andy Corley with me and Mr. Blair Carlson in studio with me here in Minnesota with Good Word Partnership. So you two are longtime friends. Andy, you have shared that you came to Christ while you were working at the Salvation Army camp. Can you tell us a little bit about that time? Um, I can, yeah. I I, uh, was brought up in a, a wonderful home um, on both sides of my family. They, we were fourth generation Salvationists. My mom was actually a Salvation Army officer uh, before she met my dad. Um, but I came to the camp not knowing Jesus, and uh, I met him there, and it changed my life. And that began, a, a, for me, a you know, I often say it was the, uh, a meeting of the unforgettable, uh, with the unforgettable fire, and um, from then on, although I didn't expect this, I, I, I wanted, I didn't expect a career in business. I, I wanted to work with underprivileged children, but that was clearly not the direction that God had for me in my life. Um, although, ironically, that is where I've ended up. So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a, just a, a little bit of my story. And what type of vision? Now, you're in a new position. Um, you know, it's always great to get fresh blood into any organization. Do you, what kind of visions do you have that you would like to see God do, uh, big visions for Prison Fellowship International? Well, Prison Fellowship International, we're, we're present in 119 countries around the world. Wow. Each of those national ministries is independent and indigenous. So the whole organization is built on relationships together. That's a very important element of what we are doing. We really try to work out in practice what it means to dwell together in unity because special things go on when that is the case. The kind of ministry that those uh, national ministries are engaging in can run uh, the spectrum from pre-trial endeavors all the way through to post-release ministries. We don't dictate what it is that they do but what we are doing as the secretariat in Washington, which is the part of the organization that I'm, PF, uh, that I'm CEO and um, president of, is that we are putting tools into the hands of these national ministries to help them build their own capacity. Mm-hmm. So I think part of the wonderful thing that we're able to do is to look at the, the different national ministries that, that exist and our vision is to serve them in a very particular way, which is enable them to be more of what God has called them to be, often, very often actually, in frontline situations where no, um, you know, where there are no social services or where there's very little in terms of prison support that goes on. So if you're just tuning in, this is Sugbury with Him for Her Radio. 
And we today are talking about a topic that is close to my heart, which is evangelism, evangelism in prisons as well as in communities throughout the world. I have Andy Corley with me, president and CEO of Prison Fellowship International, and I have Mr. Blair Carlson with Good Word Partnership, and I encourage you to go online and support them. Now, both of you work indigenous. You know, you've used that word several times if you're listening and you're not really familiar with what that means. It means that they're using people on the ground. They're not bringing people in. They're using and training and working with people that are already living there to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. So, Blair, do you have any experiences that you can share with us about prison ministry and your work? Very much so. And uh, we are invited to a country to uh, work with the local church and helping them to establish a movement of evangelism. Uh, the whole perspective is to take the gospel to schools and to uh, marketplaces and all sorts of different places in a particular community. And one of them is, of course, uh, we want to include and focus on the prisons. And uh, two recent examples in Congo and Ethiopia, we are in the communities of Masanjo and Jima. And in both cases, the uh, prison wardens invited us to come in and proclaim, uh, share the gospel with the prisoners. And uh, one of the things that's very important to us is to then uh, – encourage the local church to maintain the relationship, to follow up the the prisoners who respond, but also maintain the relationship in setting up uh, systems to help them with medical and or clothes and things like that. I love that. You know, I find personally when we go in and do ministry uh, in prisons that it's difficult to get the communities to rally around the churches and the communities because there's a fear factor there. And um, Andy, have you found ways that have been successful with Prison Fellowship International to work with communities and churches, not to be afraid to work with prisoners? Yeah, very definitely. I mean, most of at least the Sycamore Tree Project and the Prisoner's Journey, which is our good news uh, collaboration with Christianity Explored, they're both come up, they both come alongside the church communities and take volunteers from the churches inside prisons. So a big part of what we're doing is getting people through the prison gates, which can, of course, look extremely daunting. But the very thing that um, prisoners need is relationships with people who are on the outside. I I think that's a very underestimated benefit that when our, our hearts are melted by grace and the goodness of God in our lives, then... We, we just are able to see prisoners in a different light. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that every saint's got a past, every sinner has a future, and getting people into the prisons where we can actually uh, create relationships with them is, is a key part of what PFI is doing all around the world. We mobilize about 45,000 volunteers from churches in the 119 countries that we work. Wow, 45,000. You know, that is a lot of people, and I am going to pray for Prison Fellowship International, that that doubles in the near future. Um, We have done that same type of thing through Him Prison Ministries. We did a a, a Kenya Leadership Summit uh, a little over a year ago, and we brought in uh, people from the churches inside a prison with us. We held evangelistic festivals, and we brought in bands, and we shared the gospel, et cetera. And to watch our guests get so excited about what God is doing inside of prisons, then they couldn't wait to be able to shepherd and mentor and walk with them as they left, Um, especially the churches. I mean, we are called by God. You know, in the book of Matthew, it says, I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison 
and you came to me. In the United States, you have that ability to do that as well, either through Him Prison Ministries, our organization, Prison Fellowship Ministries here in the United States. There's so many opportunities that you have, even your own church, to go in and to share the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, with those that are least and forgotten in society. It's amazing. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for all the work that you are doing. And if you are listening and you don't know who Jesus Christ is in your life, maybe you weren't even aware of it, what would both of you share with that person? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So God sent us a Savior, and we all must realize that we need a Savior. And uh, go to him, and he'll do more than you can ever imagine in your life. For me, it, uh, obviously, what Blair has said is is absolutely true. I think God is passionate about restoring relationship with us, and that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who we are or what we've done. So I, I would reiterate what I said. I saw it on a T-shirt um, a couple of months ago, which is why I, I quoted it. Every saint's got a past. Every sinner has a future. The wonderful thing about the good news that we uh, see Jesus uh, demonstrating and all that he did on our behalf is to show us that 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 is a reality that what we what has happened in the past does not need to define the future for any person on this planet amen it just breaks my heart to see these women um, and men inside a prison that carry so much shame and it's so cool to see how when you share with them that jesus loves them just the way they are that he died for them just the way they were in their sin and that he wants us to turn to him and that our sins are forgotten as far as the East is from the West. I mean, what a glorious picture it is to see these faces then radiate the love of Christ once they realize they are dearly loved. And that's what both of you do. I mean, you're going around the world and you're sharing this good news with people. You're setting not only the captives inside of prison free, but as well setting those in the communities and in the churches. And I just can't praise you guys enough for everything that God is doing in and through you. Could you share with us in our remaining few minutes uh, any story that would resonate um, that represents what you're doing through your ministries? I'm going to read you a testimony, if I may, Shug, and I, this just encapsulates for me everything that's so amazing about what God is doing inside prisons. After I finished the prisoner's journey, I was very moved by the fact that it allowed me to learn more about Jesus. With the chaplain's help, I took the course again for discipleship and soon after became a Christian. Prior to going through the prisoner's journey, I'd written a hopeless letter to my husband, who was also serving a sentence in another prison, and I requested a divorce after I finished. He agreed. With the Lord's help, I was paroled and released. Since I'd become a Christian, I decided to keep my family together by staying with my husband. I decided to visit him in prison. There I told him about the prisoner's journey and asked him to stay married to me. He then signed up for the course, graduated, and also became a Christian. Since completing the program, he's also been released, and he's now come to live with me. In addition to completing the prisoner's journey, we spent time reading through the scriptures. Before encountering the prisoner's journey in Jesus, we were both Muslims. Wonderful. And they can find out more about that at Prison Fellowship International. Is that correct? That's right. And, and what I just would love about that story is that the, it's not just a, uh, making a decision. There's been practical things that have occurred as a result of this lady coming to know Jesus. It's transformed her 
marriage to her husband, saved the marriage, but now it's given, uh, she, and she also decided to stay with her family. Uh, just an, an amazing uh, thing. And it's, this is replicated hundreds of thousands of times around the globe. And look how that will affect generations to come because of that decision that woman had made. Blair, I've got a few seconds left. Is there anything that I could ask you to share with our listeners? Just the story of Jean. In 19, uh, sorry, 2014, we were doing a university mission in uh, Kigali, Rwanda. We met John as a university student. And now in 2018, he's serving as an evangelist mm. in different parts of Africa and uh, leading uh, Bible studies and uh, outreaches in his own home country himself. So just uh, that work through God in raising up a young evangelist in John. Well, hallelujah. I tell you, listeners, it's amazing what God can do in and through us. Andy Corley and Blair Carlson, I cannot thank you enough for all your service and everything you do for Jesus Christ. And if you have not yet said yes to Jesus, Today might be the day. This is Suge Burry, over and out. Love you tons.